Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at marines.com. I'm Franny Benali, and you're listening to In That Number. Then they lift one over the top for Danny Ings. He's in the box. Oh, onto his left foot. Brilliant. Oh, it's a Thanks for checking out In That Number with me, Kevin, the Moscow Mush Milverton, and Ray Hunt. Find me on Twitter at Moscow Mush and my co-host Ray Hunt at Ray Hunt 84 Follow the show at Number Podcasts on Twitter, In That Number Podcasts on Instagram and Facebook. If you've got any questions for the show, if you can be bothered, send us an email to inthatnumberpodcast at gmail.com. Leave us a five-star review on iTunes or wherever it is you get your podcasts. Share, subscribe, and give us good vibes. Let's go. Welcome to another episode of In That Number, episode 87, Die Shard. <laughs> uh, this week, we'll be taking a look at our trip to Turf Moor as we picked up our first points of the season on Saturday night with a win against Burnley. We'll check in with Tim and look ahead to West Brom next week. But first, the Moscow Mush, Kevin Milberton. yippee ki Hey, yep. You fucking goon. Kevin! That was- that was better, right? Three points. Yeah. Wow. It it, it doesn't. It kind of doesn't feel like it, but yeah, yeah. We should, we should be very happy about that. I get what you mean. I don't know why. It doesn't feel like it. But yeah. But job done. Job done. Job done. Uh, happy with the title of the episode? Yeah, we thought long and hard about it. <laughs> very good. Um, so I guess when they beat us at St Mary's, it's going to be Die Shard with a Vengeance, yeah? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Die Shard too, yeah. That'd be good. <laughs> but anyway, how are you feeling this week? 
All right, yeah, it's been an intense week uh, at work. Uh, I feel it's going to get a bit more interesting this week. Um, but yeah, we're in the midst of, a, well, we're just coming up a, a second wave of the coronavirus at the moment. I think for you it's the same thing, isn't it? It is, yeah. It's okay. going back. It feels like it did before. Yeah, I mean, we've got three times the number of new confirmed cases that we had midweek, so probably going back into lockdown. Right, inevitable, really, though, isn't it? Yeah. Right, should we go into the ITN news? It leads us in quite nicely, yeah. It does. This is ITN, in that number news. Okay, ITN news, then. Um, did you want to start this week? Yeah, I mean, we might as well start with the news about the coronavirus and how it affects football. I mean, the government were looking at uh, allowing a limited number of fans in, in October. Those plans have been put on hold uh, because of a, an upsurge in the number of cases. So it's not looking good, is it, mate? No, no, it's not. I mean, I penciled in West Brom will be my first game to go to this season and but, you know, yeah, as, as you say, could be going back into lockdown again as so it's not going to happen. Possibly not until March now. I don't I don't know. I just don't know where we stand now. But yeah. at the end of the day, it's, it needs to be done. And there, there are more important things than football. Let's just get this eradicated. Yeah, but I mean, you know, you're trying, turning that to the people whose jobs depend on football. Yeah, the lower it's, league teams that are struggling. and Yeah, just people, you know, people who work at, at the stadium or, you know... Um, rely on the traffic of football fans and that sort of thing. I mean, it's going to be very tough. Um, you're just going to have to find a way of um, kind of living with it and coming to, coming to terms with it. Because, um, yeah, I don't, don't imagine the vaccine is going to be coming out anytime soon. No. That's, that's kind of put a downer on the rest yeah. of our, uh, our yeah. news items, is not it? It has, but, yeah. Um, I've, I've been restraining myself from, from discussing this uh, until we knew more. But I think we should give it a little bit of lip service now. Um, the, the, the takeover bid. Mm. Uh, where, where do you stand on this? Joseph de Grosser still in talks to buy Gal's 80% share. Um, Katarina Leeper not selling her 20%. Good. Uh, but I was discussing with you off air that maybe we should bring in some, some Bordeaux fans and, and get what they, you know, hear what they have to say about him because they don't seem to be too fond of him. You know, he came in, he got, he got them in debt. And then he fucked off. He tried to buy Newcastle. Now, we'll never know what happens there. And now he's interested in Saints. It looks like it's a passion project for his to be involved in the Premier League. Could this be a case of, you know, be careful what you wish for? You know, we might be better off with, 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 without him. Yeah, I wanted to say exactly the same thing. I mean, Gal is not perfect. I mean, but I mean, the kind of Abramovich's of the world are few and far between, you know. Um, there can only be a, a few clubs that have got sort of benefactors like that that are willing to pump money in and not really see it as an investment. Um, and yeah, the rest of the clubs have got sort of somewhere in between. But I mean, Gao isn't isn't treating us as a as a cash cow or whatever he said, the pigs to be fattened. Pigs to be fattened. But I mean, is that okay when you look at the alternative? I mean, I mean, it's not it's not bad. It's not bad. It's not is terrible, it? is it? No, if you want to look at, I mean, I'm going to hark back to what happened with Leeds, you know, when they mm. were a Premier League force 
which seems like such a long time ago now. And then what happened when, you know, they plunged into debt, got relegated, and they stayed down there until until this year, as you know. But would we be better off just, you know, treading water rather than bringing in players? Saints have never been a club that buys for the sake of it. They have always been, I'd like to think, they've always been in control of their finances. <laughs> Whenever you think of uh, any teams that seem to be in debt, Saints are never on that. Do, do we really, really want to be looking at that? Is this something I mean, that, that Leaper needs to be firm on and say? Because she can veto this, can't she? She's got power to veto any takeover. Hmm. Yeah, I mean, if, with all the questions that are asked over Gao and the you know, fit and proper person test, and that doesn't really mean anything, does it? Um, you want someone that's going to be a bit better. Well, yeah, what do you want? Just yeah. Is there a Maybe more conservative approach this. with this? I mean, a consortium of some kind would be. What well, you mean, reason. like from the fans for the fans kind of thing? I mean, that that doesn't happen though. No. I mean, that only happens when clubs are in huge financial difficulty. Or and they're in in the midst the of a chance. takeover that they want to block. But I mean, do you think our fans have got the resources to to not. go against? Them? Right. Nah. Was it two hundred million? I could, ah. I could I could probably put in a couple of quid. I don't know about you. Cobbled together a few hundred, you know. Yeah, so we just need a couple, couple more million people that are willing to do the same thing. Fine. Yeah, come on, listeners. Yeah, um, I mean, do you think think this is going to happen now, or do you wish it will? Do you, where do you stand on it? I'm, I'm quite cautious. Yeah, like, like you said, the the Bordeaux fans don't seem too enamoured with them. Uh, it's a great idea to get their voices heard on this podcast. Um, we should definitely, definitely look into that. Yeah, look into a uh, special or something and get, and get one of them. Maybe in the international break, I'll, I'll try and work on that. Yeah, I mean, the trouble is that, that Gowan does seem desperate to sell because um, I guess his hands has kind of been forced geopolitically. Um, and, yeah, we might not end up with uh, the best buyer. We might end up with a fire sale, and that, that could mean we, we get a, a, an owner that's even worse. So yeah. News that we failed to discuss last week, Kev, because uh, we ran out of time pretty much. Uh, Jack Stevens signed a new bumper deal for four more years. Um, yeah, big bit of business, despite his form of late. Um, he missed, you know, he missed only two games since last October. That's incredible. Yeah, it's been a mainstay, and his uh, positive players definitely outweighed the negative for him. Also. Uh, but yeah, I'm happy with that. Yeah, definitely. Uh, yeah, he's a, a player that should stay there. I mean, think you know, we've got him, Benarek, Vestergaard, Salisu now. Um, I think that's the, you know the right number of good options there in defence. So yeah, please. All, t- all tied down. All good. Good business. Mm-hmm. Um, that West Brom fixture has been moved from Saturday the third, and it's now Sunday the fourth at twelve p.m. If you didn't already know, fuckers. Yep. Uh, Southampton B opened up their EFL trophy campaign against Stevenage. Oh, very cruel late loss. Saw them go down 2-1 in the 91st minute. Um, they actually took the lead through Captain Slattery. Stevenage grabbed the equaliser in first half stoppage time. Uh, and then that winner in the 91st minute. So, yeah, it's just a concentration thing, I guess. It's leaking down from the main team. And But uh, Jan Valery handed a start in that one. And, of course, he was on the bench for the Burnley game. So he's working his way back into the team. That that's it, I think. Other than jumping on the transfer roundabout, let's jump. Kev, I've got some interesting news on this front. Actually, Wesley Hoot saga. Um, 
we've heard the latest. I mean, I'm sure a lot of you have heard the latest that he's rejoining Lazio on loan with an option to buy. Good news, right? Wages off the books. Let's get it over the line. Let's move on from this horrendous signing finally, because that's all we seem to have done since we've started this podcast is Wesley Hoop. He's been a joke. Um, however, the latest that I've heard is that the medical was cancelled at the last minute. Um, I had no idea why, um, but Lazio cancelled it. So, yeah, I've got no, no more information on that for you. So I don't know what's happening. So maybe I mean, the, the, the saga's not over. Maybe it's just a technical issue. I mean, Rome's had quite a... Um, a high jump in the number of uh, COVID cases, so that might have put a stop to it. But he was already there. <sighs> really? Yeah, he was out of the, He was pictured off the plane. He had his mask on. I've seen pictures, and unless it was the media just making it up and found a picture from elsewhere, but this is what I've seen, and they've cancelled it. I mean, I've got no idea whether they're going to reschedule. I, don't, I, don't, I just don't know. Maybe he's just there for a dirty weekend. <laughs> Maybe, yeah. Maybe. Bufal. Yeah, uh, still no new reports on this, really. Uh, not from me anyway. Have you heard anything? Um, that he was on his way to Angers, or Angers, as we should call Angers. it. Angers, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, obviously been linked with a lot of clubs. Uh, but I really want him to stay, please don't. Well, um, I mean, uh, I, I guess I'd be happy if he stayed, but looking at, you know, playing devil's, devil's advocate, if I may, they need him off the books too, right? If he's not playing, and... He needs football, getting the football that he deserves. And as long as we can replace him, that can make an impact, I guess. I mean, I guess that's it. With one year left on his contract as well, don't forget. Don't we, We're not going to give him another, a new contract anyway. So do I, why don't we just take whatever we can for him now um, before we get nothing for him? I know, I'm know. i not saying we're going to get that £16 million back because that's going to be a big loss whatever way. But just get what you can now. If he's not going to make an impact, Kev. He's not going to be, even if we, don't, if we do keep him, he's only going to be a bench player at best and just a depth player. And then we're going to lose him in a year's time for absolutely fuck all. So why don't they just cash in whatever they can now? And then they've still got time to replace him. Yeah, and I perfectly understand the logic. I'm, I'm kind of resigning myself to it. But um, I just, you know, I thought that we could have seen more of him. Do you get, mm-hmm. do you get the feeling that there's like a what if with him? Yeah, yeah, like definitely. He's going to go to somewhere else, and he's going to be on fire. I don't know. Quite possibly. I mean, I hope so. Good luck to him. I mean, yeah. because I mean, there have been numerous members. He did have, have a bit of an attitude problem at first, but um, he seems to have calmed down a bit under the Ralph. And uh, I don't know. There's so much potential there. So much potential. I, yeah, wish him the best of luck if he does come. Yeah, I do. Too. Hey. No hard feelings. Yeah. Um, any more outgoings? Yeah, as we're probably going to mention quite a lot um, at the moment. Um, Angus Gunn, three keepers. He's got to go somewhere. Leeds? Yeah, good, for him? good move for him. I think so. Yeah, if he gets some premiership, uh, get the football under his belt, uh, that'd be brilliant. Yep. Um, I just wish it happened sooner for him, to be honest. Like, why, why didn't they just like, look for a loan at, at the start of the season? Maybe they were. Maybe. Maybe. I mean, Leeds kept a clean sheet today, and they've got that Messier in goal. Yeah, I don't know. Would, would he walk into that Leeds team? I don't know. I think if he's if he's going to be on the bench, he might as well be on the bench at Southampton, right? He's not even going to be on the bench at Southampton, though. We've got four. Well, if he's not going to be playing, that, that's my point. No, for uh, well, him. well, has he got more chance of playing at Leeds than he has at Southampton? Possibly. Yeah. Possibly, yeah. Because he's third choice at Southampton. Yeah. Uh, okay, on to incomings, then. Mm-hmm. 
Right, OK, so I'm going to start with, with, with Everton midfielder Tom Davies. He's been heavily linked over the last few days. A lot of people have been weighing in with their thoughts and stuff. And I want to ask you, Kev, because we've not actually talked about this, I don't think. Um, and I've actually been in contact with our Everton sources and I asked them a few questions. Um, I just wanted to know a little bit more about him because I've got to be honest. I mean, I've seen him play. I've seen him score a couple of goals and I thought he was OK. Um, but I don't know really where his best position is. So I've asked him all this. Um, they've replied, you know, he's, he's full of endeavour. He's stronger going forward than defensively. Uh, he struggled in a midfield too, but then all their, all their midfielders did, and they had that same problem last season. Um, he hasn't got any pace, but he does have the ability on the ball, and he does need that move away with less pressure, because don't forget he's a local lad at Everton. A lot of pressure into, into him succeeding. Ralph can certainly help him, though. You know, and yeah, I just want to thank the Un- Unholy Trinity podcast for supplying us with all their info. But it does beg the question, Kev, where does he fit in this 4-2-2-2 formation? Because if he can't play in a two-man midfield, I can see him more of as a depth player in an advanced role. So kind of like that wing position that Armstrong, Gianepo, Redmond kind of play. And especially with, with Buffel hopefully leaving, or I say hopefully, possibly leaving, you know, could, could he be used as a depth backup there in that advanced role? And don't forget, That's not what we need. No, it's not. It's No, you're right. You're, you're spot on with that. But it is only a loan deal, um, so I guess you can just kind of like rotate and see what we've got with him. And I guess it depends whether Ralph sees him as someone, you know, malleable. I guess. I mean, if we can utilise him as a box-to-box midfielder, then then he's our man. But, but if he's yeah, not very good defensively, yeah, it's kind of the anti-Romeo there, isn't it? Exactly. Yeah, it's exactly what we don't need. But like I said, if Ralph feels he can bend him into shape, then. He's quite young still, isn't he? He's only got 20, 22, is he? How old is he? Yeah, just turned 22 in June. Okay. And he's, yeah, he's captain at some point, as far as I remember. If he does come into the team, is there a way... That, is it more of a, like, let's just kind of try and like shoehorn him into this formation, or is it change the formation to fit him? Because he's definitely not good enough for that. So no, he, I think, yeah. Is he the right way to go? Uh, Ralph does like a makeshift player, doesn't he? Um, he likes, you know, Ward Prowse at right back, Danso at left back, and um, uh, yeah, Smallbone on the right wing. Um, yeah, why not? I mean, you always try him. It's only a loan deal, isn't it? But yeah, and see what you got. Yeah. There are there are other names in the hat apparently. Yep, hit me. Uh, Florento Luis from Benfica. Have you heard this one? Nope. Giovanni Cabral from Sporting Lisbon. Yep, that one's a big, big one that's popped up. And yeah, 22-year-old Ivorian holding midfielder Ibrahim Sangare from Toulouse. Yes, I was excited about that. But alas, off to PSV. Apparently, yeah. Never mind, made the wrong decision. <laughs> yeah, definitely. It's another Western McKinney. Mm. Uh, I've heard Ryan Sessignon as well from Spurs. Oh, right. Okay. I like him. I, I did like him we, when, he was, when he was at Fulham. I liked him. Yeah, I mean, we were linked to him when he was at Fulham, weren't we? Mm. Um, but the big one as well was uh, Ruben Loftus-Cheek. Yes. Oh, my God, I'd love it if this one happened. Yeah. Yeah, I, I mean, apparently he's on 100 grand a week. I can't see Saints paying him 100. Well, they won't pay him 100 grand a week. That's ridiculous. So no, unless unless his, it's a loan move that is heavily subsidised by Chelsea, and if they pay like 60% of his wages, which I can't see why they would do that, then Saints are not going to be doing that, I'm afraid. That is not going to happen. So, uh, yeah, is there any more fantasy signings, Kev? I mean, you just don't know. Ruben Loftus-Street, I keep confusing the two. Um, 
Callum Hudson Odoi and yeah. uh, Ruben Loftus Cheek. Um, it's all these double barrel but, names. It's just <laughs> exactly, yeah, English double barrel. Ian Wow with Walker Peters and James McProuse, but yeah. Exactly. Yeah, we could just have a whole double barrel. I mean, we could sign <laughs> um, the Burnley youth players that are on the. Um, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, was it Driscoll, Glennon, Peacock, Driscoll, Farrell? Driscoll, Glennon, and Peacock, <laughs> Farrell, yeah, yeah, yeah. Get them on <laughs> yeah. there. Um, is there any more incomings that you've heard of? Um, that's it, other than the aforementioned. Yeah. There, there, there's, there's some every day. But, I mean, apparently Ralph Ralph wants three more signings. What what, okay. what what he wants and what he gets is going to be something different. You know, I want to kick back with Scarlett Johansson tonight, but that ain't going to happen either. So, so Miss is happy with that. <laughs> right, then. On that note, yeah, uh, let's catch up with Tim uh, and chat about that Fine win at Turf Moor. Tim, welcome back. How are you this week? Pretty well, pretty well. Life is good, life is good. And a win to chat about today, finally. Absolutely, it's, uh, it's, it's a little surprising. I feel, I feel really relieved right now. Yes, I'm not as relieved as uh, Ralph was at full time though. Did you see that? that he celebration? Looked, he was jumping for joy there. It was great. It's like he yeah. won a cup. Yeah, um, I want to chat to you about the NFL season quickly, because <laughs> oh, we, we, okay. we were chatting just off air. Uh, my Giants still looking for their first win, and we lost Saquon for the season last week with a torn ACL. Uh, we lost to your Bears as well. Yeah, that was pretty crazy to think about. Uh, Trubisky did everything he could to give you guys the game in the second half. It's, uh, it's, it's just not looking good, is it? It's just... Will it ever, will it ever stop? No, uh, at least you're not a Jets fan though. That's a good thing. That is true. Tim, do you have a question for us this week? I sure do. The question for today is, would you rather give a presentation in the front of a hundred people who are watching your every move and actively listening, or a presentation in front of a thousand people who might be paying attention and don't really care what's going on? Oh, goodness me. I'm not a very good public speaker. Um, I would freeze on both of them, I imagine, but I don't know. Yeah, see, a 100 people looking at everything I do, or a thousand, I don't know. I'm going to go for the thousand, but not, not paying attention. I think, am I allowed to be drunk whilst giving this presentation? Uh, I didn't preface anything. You could be you could be giving the presentation on uh, the New York Giants or podcasting oh, or whatever it might be. I don't want to do that be. to anyone. <laughs> um. Yeah, I'll take the I'll take a half cut ray in front of a thousand people that aren't paying attention. It's a bit like my wedding, but <laughs> <laughs> no, they were de- they were definitely paying attention, and there wasn't a thousand. Um, now you've got to play, you've got to play to a loving crowd. I don't think if they're on your side, it's going to be a lot easier than you imagine. Ten times the people, Ray, is that not going to make you more nervous? Yeah, but oh, I don't know. Yeah, probably. Yeah, I think no, a small but loving crowd. Definitely. Yeah, but you never said about loving. They're going to just like critique everything. It's like, you know, would you would you rather be a legend at Southampton or just sit on the bench at Liverpool? Yeah, I'd rather be a legend. Ten times, ten times the money. Mm. I, I don't know. I'd still take the thousand people. It's a good question, but I'll still take the people. I mean, because out of those thousand people, probably a hundred of them anyway are only going to be paying attention in my head. So yeah, but if they're laughing at your jokes and you know they're going, oh, we love you, Ray. Tell us more about the New York Giants' best season. 
Yeah, I know. I'm taking the thousand. What about you, Tim? What would you do? So I was thinking about this, and if you, I had a, I had about two thousand, a little over two thousand people in my high school, and so imagining a high school assembly is essentially how I came up with this. Uh, would you rather? So thinking if you had a, you know, a, a thousand people that just don't really care, a bunch of high school kids looking at you while you're giving a presentation, or if you're up and giving a lecture and you're a, a professor at all. To 100 people, it, all, it always depends on the topic. So, if you want to talk about something that you could really, you can really know about, if or if it's something you're just, you know, you're talking out of talking out of the blue on, I think I'd rather take the the 100 people because they're going to be actively listening and caring. So, it's actually going to be meaningful. Same as Kev, then. Mm. Yeah, I don't know. I'm going to take the phone. I'm going to take the thousand that don't care because I, nobody cares what I have to say. I've got a podcast. And nobody cares. <laughs> you don't. At least you don't have to look look the listeners in the face. Exactly. Well, unless you're on video, Kev, and that's bad enough. So. And it's not live, so. No, it's true. Ah, okay, right. Injury reports. Is there any fresh injuries that we are unaware of? And do you have an update on Nathan Redmond? Uh, there's no current updates on injuries. So a little bit about ankles. Uh, he has an ankle ligament injury. So with the difference of the ankle structure, there's four main uh, major ligaments. Now, there's three factors when it comes to uh, ankle stabilization and three factors when it comes to understanding what is necessary for a soccer player to play. The, the first is obviously running forward and backwards. The, the second is uh, being able to turn on a dime or being able to use lateral movement or move in all 360 degrees of plane, and then also the ability to strike the ball with the foot. So seeing how this, that one, yeah. yeah, so that's, those are definitely kind of important. So depending on the level of stress and bruising that came about from it, if it was a, if it was a true ligament injury, um, being able to treat it, one is necessary through typical methods of, uh, rest, immobilize, compress and elevate. So the rice method as we've, uh, commonly know it as, yep. but, um, if there is true ankle st- uh, stability issues, not only is there the recovery period, it's then the training period back to it. So ligaments don't uh, always have the the best amount of supply of blood flow to the area. So that's why it can take a longer period of time to do so. And especially with ankles and how uh, how important they are, um, just it, it'll take a while. So initially when I think I said it was once you have an ankle injury or ankle turn like that, you're going to be out a month. I would don't let's not expect him back until the uh, even considering to be back until the after the uh, international break. Yeah, that's what I heard too. But then I read something yesterday that when they were um, I can't remember what, what media outlet it was. It said that when they were giving a team team news for the preview for the Burnley game, it said Redmond is not quite ready to return for Burnley, but could be back as as close as West Brom. Now that surprised me because I thought there's no need to rush him back for that one game, right? Especially as we're winning now because we do that now. Um, you know, just given that extra week off. Or two weeks as it is, and then you know bring him back in for the Chelsea game. It, it makes sense to me. Absolutely, every little bit can definitely help. In that two weeks time, uh, I mean, it's two weeks from the fourth, eleventh. So actually, it'd be the eighteenth is when he'd be back. So he's back in three weeks. Uh, that'll true, give yeah. him. It'll get him back to full fitness way better than if you were to rush him back. If you need to put him on the bench uh, for whatever reason, you might be able to get twenty minutes out of him. 
then that's a little bit different, but you're still not going to get 100% Redmond at that point, which is not uh, something you want, which is why I feared about Armstrong with his bruising, uh, but seeing how he's actually been able to come back in, uh, he's it's been just fine for him. Yeah. Okay, then. So on to the Burnley game. Coming into this one, uh, Media and Pandits kept on about the last time that we'd won at Turf Moor in the top flight, which was back in 1971 when Shannon banged in the winner. Because unless you're in the top flight, results don't exist, apparently, because we've actually only ever played them 11 times in the top flight, winning just one of them anyway. Um, But in fact, the last victory at Burnley was 2007 in the championship. Goals from Bradley Wright, Phillips, Jason Yule and Stern John. Still a while ago, all right, but it was something that we needed to address. Uh, Another interesting stat for you. Uh, We love an evening kickoff, apparently, because since that late night in October 2019... Uh, we played five evening games, winning three and drawing two. So undefeated in the evenings. Let's let's do that. Uh, maybe maybe Kev, you should uh, write to the FA, urge them to move our West Brom game to the evening. See how that goes down. Yeah, um, maybe squeeze some television deal for. A, I mean, it's, you you get a lot more US viewers, I guess, if you have um, a, a later kickoff, don't you? Absolutely, yeah. So yeah, that's what we should do. There you go. Right, right, we should, yeah, right, all right, right into the FA. Strongly sure. worded email. Yes, that's gonna, that'll sort them out, won't it? <laughs> you oh, won't okay. get any, you won't get any US viewers when they're, uh, when they're showing the game on Peacock. Premium, no. that is. <laughs> anyway, okay, so, we won 1-0, as you know. A goal from Danny Ings in the fifth minute. Up the 11. McCarthy, Walker Peters, Bednarek, Vestergaard, Bertrand, Armstrong, Ward Prowse, Romeo, Gineppo, Ings and Adams. Still no Redmond, as Tim has just touched on. Stevens out, replaced by the big Dane, Yannick Vestergaard. Uh, just that one change then, Mush. Were you happy with that? Absolutely, yeah. Um, I, th- I think it was the right change, wasn't it? He worked out mm. um, a bit better when he when he came on. Um, I don't know, I feel a bit sorry for Jack fucking Stevens now, because uh, it looks like he's the clear favoured partner to Bednarik at the moment. Um, well, I mean, uh, maybe it was just because, you know, of his height and to nullify the you know, directness of the Burnley attack. So maybe yeah. it was just a Burnley game. But Aerial threat. Know. I mean, that, that I think he put him in when uh, we played Burnley before as well. Sure. Um, was that part of a, a back three as well? Yes, it was, yeah. And that worked well. <laughs> well, yeah. <laughs> but, yeah. But no, def- definitely worked out this time. Yes, I, I was paying more attention to the Burnley lineup because um, I mean they're they're like very depleted, aren't they? Oh yeah, Their squads. Yeah, um, the bench then: uh, Forster, Stevens, Long, Oberfemi, Valerie, Smallbone, and Teller. Uh, Tim, were you were you happy with this one change? I mean, me and Kevin just kind of touched it. Was this just purely tactical? Was it punishment for Stevens for that Spurs collapse, or was it both? Maybe. I mean. I guess what I'm trying to say is, if we weren't playing Burnley, would Vestergaard have been given the nod? Uh, I think it's a tactical change. Uh, what we realize is Vestergaard being massive and being 6'7", he's going to dominate against uh, mid-tier or lower-level teams uh, to the best of his ability because they just can't deal with the physicalness of him. Uh, and on top of that, he actually has ball-playing skills at 6'7". So to me, uh, if you're playing a team like Burnley or you're t- playing a team like Newcastle, uh, having Vestergaard in there is great um, because he can he can definitely do it in the air. He can overpower you. He can be a pre- he's going to be a physical presence mm. just looking at the guy. 
Whereas, you know, if you're going to have, you're going to play your Manchester City, who you've got, who their forwards are 5'10 and are just going to run around the guy anyways, um, that, that, in that case, I would, yeah, it's the tactical change and it was the right play, right? Because what ended up happening was, is, uh, with Bednarik, he, Bednarik sat a little bit in front of Vestergaard and was kind of the guy who would step to the ball quicker, more so than Vestergaard would be. Okay, with that in mind then, guys, who plays against West Brom, Vestergaard or Stevens? Vestergaard. Uh, I think Vestergaard will come, will be there. And then Salisa would hit the bench after the, um, the international break. Mm, that's, that's an interesting prediction. Okay, so we'll go into the game, and it wasn't the best of games, was it? It was really cagey, um, but we did something that we failed to do last week. We, we, we hung on, and we, you know, we hung on properly too, because it was a you know, piece of heroic defending. Not quite to the standards that we saw against Man City last season, but Burnley and no Man City, are they? Uh, we're just you know, adjusting according to the team that we're playing, and that's what it's about, right? That's what you work on in the week. And as Kev, you, you touched on, Burnley had a lot of first-team players out and some players playing out of position as well. Their bench was unknown to me. I don't know if you knew anything, but they had like, was it Bobby Thomas, Josh Benson, Mace Goodridge, Anthony Driscoll-Glennon? I, I don't know who these guys are. They're just making it up as they go along. Maybe they were. A lot of posh uh, in there, Kev. Double barrel names. Anthony Driscoll-Glennon yeah. and Bailey Peacock-Farrell. Peacock, Tim Moss. Um, love that one. Um, yeah. But yeah, I'm, yeah all, all of the players that you know you, you, should, you should fear... Um, are injured and they yeah, didn't even make any substitutions no and I'll, I'll talk about that um, as the game goes on I guess but that's probably a call to the board isn't it saying that oh, I can't do anything else with this you know maybe a little bit of frustration but um, yeah, yeah they, so, they look like they're in trouble don't they yeah but this is Burnley isn't it they'll probably dig in and, and get some results the way that they do it uh, just not against us though which is good but yeah good start Tim good goal and that was about it <laughs> yeah, there was some great connection play up there all the way through the first 20 minutes between Adam and Ings. Uh, I've got on here obviously the goal, but the in the 12th, 13th minute somewhere in there, Adam Ings had a uh, there was a three touch or four touch play uh right on the short side uh one of the TV angle looking at it between the just the in the in the in there 18 uh it was it was fantastic. Yeah. It was it was good and the goal Kev a uh, brilliant, brilliant ball from um, Kyle Walker-Peters and Adams as well did fantastically. Uh, probably both of those players did better than Danny for that goal, but Danny's obviously going to get the credit for it because, you know, he's, he's still put it in the back of the net. Yeah, I mean, as Adams has shown before, you know, it's, it's not that easy to get the ball in the back of the net, even from that position. But yeah, Danny doing what he does best. Um, he's great, isn't he? I just love the build-up to it, you know I mean? Um at that point, I was thinking, well, this is going to be an exciting match. Uh, you know, I shouldn't have written it off. Vestergaard and Bednarik and Romeu, they kind of forced a, a bit of pressure and then led to Burnley to, you know, come a little bit forward and expose them. Um, Romeu switching, uh, switching the flanks quite nicely. And yeah, Kyle Walker Peters, he's got enough time on the ball, just coolly plays it through to uh, Adams with a, that wonderful through ball. He's going to be and key for us this year, isn't he, Kyle Walker-Peters? With those if he balls. stays like that and if he can keep defending as well. I mean, we have seen some question marks over that. But Di- yeah, Diagonal wow. balls over the head, yeah, he's not very good with. He, he seems defensively, I mean, he's not quite there, I don't think. But, no. I mean, if he can utilise the ball that he like he did yesterday, we've got ourselves a player again, haven't we? He's, he's yeah. Going to, he's going to be key. 
He's got all the makings of a, a brilliant modern fullback, but um, yeah, with that 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 quick reaction from Adams to what verb can I use? Slot the ball back for Ings. But um, yeah, and just the, the reaction of the Burnley players. Um, do, do they seem to think it was off that Ings was offside? Just the way they kind of they're a bit sluggish, you know. Um, I, know. I mean, everything goes to VAR nowadays, doesn't it? So. Is it just like a hey, 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 hoping that something's happened? No, maybe they just hand, seem maybe, to. Maybe you handballed it in the build-up last week, and VAR are looking at it today. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, but I don't know. This just seemed to. Maybe it's just a general lack of urgency. Yeah, it was early, wasn't it? It was five minutes in. Yeah, but I thought then, you know, like wow, this is we're you know we're playing the way that we should be playing. Um, yeah, and yeah, like Tim said that first twenty minutes, wonderful, wonderful play, um, and there's just kind of trailed off after there and we dug in like we should have done against Spurs yes like I said at the start yeah this is how you're supposed to defend a lead don't play a high line against Son it's just not going to work since the start of last season Danny scored 25 of our 54 goals that's 46% um, and no player in the Premier League has more goals so yeah well done Danny it's such a unique flick uh, that I haven't seen something like that in a while uh, just because the way it like you, it's like you scuffed it, uh, mm. he just basically kind of like scuffed it a little bit, and he wa- he he did not want to take the he did not want to shoot the shot there. He want what he wanted to do is he wanted to take a second. Uh, he wanted to use that to roll over the top of the ball with his foot, and then bring it close, and then hit hit, hit it another time through. So that was an, I don't believe that was an intended to be a shot. Rather that. Because of the soft touch and the way it hit off of the uh, the guy's uh, the, guy, the other guy's foot, and then it went in. That was the crazy. Uh, it was just a crazy moment, and he'll take it though because it was the ball was placed on goal, so he gets the credit for it. He knew exactly where he was going to be during the run, so you can see when KWP plays the ball in, when Chase looking back at the ball, there's the angle on that side of the that side of the net. You can see that Ings is hanging off a little bit uh, toward obviously closer towards mm. the middle of the field and back further in. So he knows exactly where he's going to be, and he knows that Ings is going to make that run. So that was 100% planned, and that was a yep. great play by Adams. So obviously there's the connection of uh, another another one of Walker Peters' ball through, but then Adams knowing where that uh, knowing where he's supposed to be at. Um, if we remember the Leicester goal from uh, the the 2-1 goal that Ings scored, the, the ball that – Adams played through. He knew exactly where Ings was going to be running, and so he put he placed the ball in a kind of a very awkward angle too, just similarly like that, where he had to go all the way behind the ball to get it backwards, and just a kind of an awkward angle. But making those runs were fantastic, and uh, props to them. Great goal. Nice split of cohesion from the front too, looking good. Um, Kevin, Chris Wood, <laughs> yeah, the push. Nothing in it. Push. I mean, I think you know, um, Bednarik does um, touch wood. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I think he's more stroking wood than, uh, than anything else. Uh, yeah, not not a penalty at all. It's, he goes down way too easily. Yeah, definitely. He should have been booked for it, to be honest. So why was that not a, a booking if he's uh, if he's died? We saw that in the uh, Man United game with Brighton when they've gone down looking for a penalty. They've said, no, it's no penalty. So why has that player not been booked? Why are they not being consistent? Are they just letting people get away with that now? Yeah. Either it's a penalty or it's a cheat. Maybe they know that, I mean, VAR is going to 
look at it anyway if there is an infringement. So what's the point? Well, there's the point of there's the point of contact. So the the he, the ref knows that there is contact between Bednarik and Wood there, but what he doesn't view is that the contact was necessarily causing a a foul in that play. So Wood sees that the, there is a slight bit of contact on his back. He feels the contact and by nature uses his body to fall to the ground while he was doing that. And so he just, he was hoping to get the call, but because there is contact, um, I, I see why there is no call to it. So, uh, but he, he, the ref made the ref made the right decision. And the I want to be a ref. Call, <laughs> I want to do it. I, w- I would give. I would give absolutely fucking nothing. Nobody's getting a penalty unless their leg is hanging off. <laughs> it's just ridiculous the amount of diving that goes on in football these days. It's it's getting worse, and nothing's yeah. being done about it. Yeah, they're trying to put a stop to it. The season or two ago, but they seem to have just yeah, given up. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, the the Chris Wood disallowed goal. Then the rule states now that you put your flag up at the end of play, right? Mm-hmm. But they put it up immediately this time. Uh, it was the wrong process, but you know he was still offside, and it was the correct decision. But what do you think of these delayed flags? I mean, I can see the the logic behind it. Um, you don't want to break up the play and then you know have a team being denied a goal scoring opportunity just because the the flag's up. But I mean, if it's a blatant offside, you should be able to stop it. No, it wasn't um, blatant, though, was it? It was very close. It was quite close, yeah. It was quite close, but um, the linesman did seem particularly sure about it. I mean, maybe they're just you know, not entirely used to the new rules yet. It's just you know, one of those reactions you have. But sure. yeah, don't expect it from you know, that level of professionalism. Yeah, they, sh- they should stop doing that. But they did it, did it again, didn't they? Um, Ings' offside goal, that was flanked as well. Yeah. Just but, not, I mean, he, he not was a mile to upside. Yeah, he, but Ings was, no, he like was very, very clearly upside. But, um, but again, you know, the rule's the rule. Yeah. Know, when the ball goes into the back of the net and then you lift the flag, fine. Kev, as you, as you mentioned a little bit earlier, uh, Sean Dyche didn't make any substitutions in this game. Uh, was that a shout-out for help? Quite possibly. I mean, I think if you know that you don't really have the substitutions to make a difference... Yeah, they weren't ready, quite, were they? quite clearly you're going to lose the match you might as well make a statement absolutely Deitch, uh, Sean Deitch's uh, his bench the two players that had senior call that had senior minutes were both defenders mm-hmm. so he he needed uh, he needed attackers and he didn't feel or had trust in any of his attackers uh, going forward which was a big which was a big thing so not only that I mean they, he had um four defenders, a goalie and uh two midfielders. So yeah, nothing in terms of attacking through it. I do want to mention the 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 Charlie was it Charlie Taylor? The, oh, the, 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 the hit, the Charlie Taylor. Yeah, yeah. The Charlie Taylor hit, the 59 minute save by McCarthy. Mm. Wow, did you see the outside swerve on that? Very Left good hit, yeah. Outside swerve was going right into that bottom corner and McCarthy is an absolute perfect position there mm. his positioning was ideal as and as a goalie that just made me really happy because i'm just like yes jump for joy i i jump for joy lo- more than i did for uh ings's goal because of the ridiculousness <laughs> of that save because i saw the swerve on that shot that was the crazy that was the crazy piece to it was just the outside in and mccarthy on the front left foot able to dive to the right perfect 
I mean, I'm glad you brought McCarthy up because there was a lot of talk about Forster playing in this game and, and McCarthy being dropped because of you know some of the decisions that he's been making in recent weeks. Kev, we always seem to talk about this with McCarthy. He can have five, six weeks, whatever, of flawless goalkeeping, playing some great stuff, making some good saves, doing exactly what he needs to do. he make one mistake in one game and everybody's on him again. And obviously there's, there's talk now of, of Angus Gunn going to Leeds on loan. I'm all for sticking with sticking with McCarthy. I just we just need to stick with one keeper, unless he's making you know week after week after week. Yeah, I think with goalkeepers in general, I mean you do have to stick with them because I mean we, we see what happened with with Forster um, when, when you don't. But, yeah, exactly. Um, yeah. We gave Gunn enough chances, I think, and then you know after that Leicester match, um, yeah, he had to sort of scrap that and go back to McCarthy. But this is a this is a problem. I mean. That pressure you've got having three, you know, Premier League quality, I, I would argue, hmm. goalkeepers <laughs> in the hmm. same team. That's for another conversation. <laughs> well, it's arguable, right? I mean, yeah, sure. Gun, guns, he's not going to be, you know, first choice keeper at Man City uh, anytime soon. But, I, I, you know, if he goes to Leeds, I'd like to see why he shouldn't be first choice goalkeeper. Why not? Yeah, McCarthy is a traditional shot stopper. And I don't think bringing in Foster is going to be any better than that. He's a couple no. years older. And even for his last few experiences in Celtic, he's, he, that's not his, that's not his role. He, it's never his role when he did play here too. So I don't expect him to come in and make anything significant uh, improve. I don't see him to be able to make any significant improvements. The only person I see gone as being able to have a little bit better on the ball skills. Yes, the judgment and there's a lot of different things that have caused issues here and there with uh, with gone, which is why he's on the bench or now in the reserves. Um, But I would uh, bringing Foster in is not going to say solve the. It's just like for like, yeah. Yeah, you're not, like you're not getting anything better. It's yeah. Yeah, in, unless you get a significant uh, blow of confidence or run of play or injury or whatever it might be, bringing Foster in isn't going to make a difference at this point. So I don't think there was any question that McCarthy was going to get dropped at any point. Guys, I want to talk about Shay Adams a little bit. I mean, he came off in this game for Oberfemi. Um, I was I was watching him closely after that assist. Um, he was good yesterday. I thought he was really good. He seems to have bought into Ralph's style, and he's adapted well to it. Um, he's definitely a Ralph player now, you know. There's a lot of chasing down lost causes, which I like. Not, not necessarily lost causes, but as soon as um, Nick Pope had the ball with time, there's a lot of... I mean, you see it a lot with Ings. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just chasing down, just constantly down. going for it. It's obviously something that, that Ralph has, has talked to him about. Just seems to have a lot of energy. I know he came off, what, on the 70th minute, was it? 77th. 77th, okay. Um, but he seems to have a lot of energy. Um, and I thought he had a really good performance yesterday. And I think it does need to be mentioned because I think he slipped under the radar a little bit. Yeah, I mean, people expect him to be, you know, that 15, 20 goal a season striker that he was at, um, Birmingham. at Birmingham City. Yeah. In the championship, though. But he's, he's kind of a different player now, isn't he? Yeah, he's, need, he's needed to be a different player if he wants to play under Ralph. That's Shane Long run. Hmm. Guys, uh, Musa Gineppo today, or yesterday rather, uh, uninspiring maybe? Maybe the way we had to play didn't really suit his game. Yeah, so we know who Gineppo is, and I think I'll always say that he's, 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 a, he's great going forward. He's not the best going backwards and having to be a two-way player. So seeing Redmond 
compared to Gineppo. Uh, Gineppo has a lot more flair, go, as you would know, going forward. He's maybe a little bit even better than what Redman is going forward. But going backwards, Redman is a two-way. He understands the positioning, where to be at, whereas Gineppo – Showing his age, he yeah. needs a little bit more maturity alongside, uh, I don't know whether it be just the system fit or just the, per, uh, just the, who he is as, in terms of skill level. Um, that's, you know, all of that is, uh, um, fun. I think, to know. Bit, I think it's a little bit lightweight too. I just think that his game is not quite ready for the English style yet. He's gonna get kicked around a lot. And I, you know, he, he's quite injury prone. He went down. He went off yesterday, didn't he, for a bit before he came back on. And I thought, here we go again. He's going to be. He's going to be out for a period of time. But uh, yeah, I just, I just, I don't, don't think he's quite big enough and strong enough for the English game. Not just yeah, yet. Yeah, he had that clash with Barsley as well. That, I mean, well, it was the, the, the uh, elbow. accident elbow. Yeah, yeah. but um, he got into a couple of situations like that where you're thinking, like, oh god, he could get a card. Um, you know, just for another. Silly, uh, silly incident again. He's got, he's got that in him, you know. Yeah, but yeah, okay. Not his. Uh, I don't think it was his best game. But yeah, the, the commentator on BT said, um, "Yeah, Wood rising nicely to, <laughs> to meet Paul, or something like that." <laughs> and that set you off, Kev. You're, you're yeah. just not interested in the game at that point. You're just thinking of uh, Wood innuendos. But yeah, great. It was a bit, a bit of a side hustle. Yeah, Wood flopping down to each other. Yeah. No, it's not. It's not a heavy contact on wood. <laughs> oh, jeez. So yeah, one nil, full time relief from Ralph as well. That big celebration on the touchline, big big win. Yeah. Uh, at the time of recording, we're up to fifteenth on three points. Off actually, the I still on the table. Off the bottom of the table. I still think we are actually because um, Sheffield United have lost again. Uh, it's just finished now with with Leeds. Um, so yeah, we are still. 15th at the moment, so that's good. Mm. Um, I just want to go through some stats just really, really quickly. Um, 46% possession, five shots to their 10, and only one on target. 100% success rate, there we go. Um, completely different to the first two games, but we lost those. So, you know, I'll take it this way. Um, but they did what they had to do, didn't they, to get the points? Um, and perhaps we should have taken the same tactics against, against Spurs. Uh, but defensively, nine interceptions, four blocks, 37 clearances, 23 headed clearances, and three blocked crosses. If this is what we have to do to survive, particularly yesterday, you know, then well played, Ralph, and well played, Saints, you know. And I kind of love it when stats are like that, when it shows that you're on the back foot and we come out on top. It just shows that a game plan has has definitely worked. Absolutely, yeah. I mean, we we had nothing going in the second half. I think you know most of those stats are of the the, the shots and uh, <clears throat> corners and that. That's just the first half, isn't it? Because we we didn't really give anything. Man of the match, then. I mean, it's my turn to go first. I, I do think it's really easy to give it to, to Danny Ings for the goal um, and oh. the three points. I know Sky Sports gave it to Danny Ings. But as I mentioned in the, in the you know in the game recap, without the involvement of Kyle Walker Peters and Shay Adams, that chance wouldn't have happened. Um, and I think of the reasons why we kept a clean sheet, and thus the reason for winning this game for me is the great effort defensively. Um, so it pleases me to say that I think Yannick Vestergaard will get it for me, because you know he came in for one reason and he did that brilliantly. Thirteen clearances, he didn't lose the ball, he dealt with the Burnley attack quickly and efficiently. Ten aerial duels won, 
fantastic. That's his job. He's done it. Um, and I think looking at the stats, Bednarik is equally as effective in terms of like aerial duels, blocking um, and passes, etc. But I think Vestergaard coming in for Stevens, you know, he must be quite low on confidence, but that, that will swing it for me. So Vestergaard for me. I 100% agree. Uh, Vestergaard is definitely going to get it with a second. Uh, I guess that's for, for the KWP as well for my second choice, uh, just because of that ball through making the runs. He's fit into the system extremely well. I'm super happy, but Vestergaard came in for the tactical change, did an amazing job with controlling the air, controlling uh, the situation. Uh, so many different headers going on. I've got one in the 20th minute where he looks just menacing in the air, and I still really miss that he, I want him to have that Thor hair because I think he look even more scary, but now he's got a nice... Uh, yeah, I was kind know, about that. I was, I'm upset because he looks so menacing and he's got that, you, we all remember that picture when he scored the goal after the Manchester United game where he's just jumping and screaming and he's got, his hair is flowing. I'm like, all he needs is a hammer and he can just crush everybody yes. when it comes to it all. <laughs> looks but, like, no, it looks like Noah Syndergaard. Yes, exactly. No, uh, yeah, Mets pitcher, Noah Syndergaard. Um, but Noah's got a, he's got some curly hair though. Uh, Vestergaard's just got straight, uh, Long hair. I don't know. Either way, great job. Uh, great, great, uh, great play to Ralph to sw- bring Vestergaard in. Um, I think he'll also be effective and still play the same against West Brom. Uh, seeing that, I can't remember the, ske- the rest of the schedule off the top of my head, but West Brom is next. And, and then Chelsea start- after the break. Yeah, Chelsea, on the other hand, we'll, we'll see about that. I don't Six at the back. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. Reading do that one, isn't it? Yeah. So yeah, Vestergaard gets man of the match for me and Tim for having used to having great hair. So uh, Kev, pressure. I, I must have changed my mind about twenty times uh, up to now. <coughs> did did um, it have anything to do with Vestergaard's hair though? Uh, possibly. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I'm in the position that you've already both given it to Vestergaard, so I'm going to have to go some, for somebody different. And the way we were talking up um, Maka, especially after the last few games that he's had. Um, He's not been good. He did look good today. Um, but I've chosen to go with the other half of the uh, centre-back pairing with Jan Bednarik. Because, yeah, he wasn't he wasn't brilliant against Tottenham. Um, he was ha- hasn't been brilliant this shopping. season, has he? No, I think, he's I think I was picking him up at the start of the season saying how great he is and he's so underrated. And this season he's been poor. But, yeah, yesterday he was great, I agree. To West Brom, then, we go next week. Well, I say we go. We're at home. Uh, No disrespect to the Baggies, but this has got to be one that we look at and we expect to win. Anything less than three points will be probably a a total failure. Already favourites to go down before a ball had been kicked at the start of the season. They conceded five goals in their loss to Everton, three at home to Leicester at the start. Uh, Just, you know, yeah, like a rough start to the Premier League life, and it is going to be a struggle for them. And yesterday we saw 3-0 up at half-time against Chelsea and they blew it big time. Mm-hmm. Um, in the three games that they've played so far, Bilic has set them up with five at the back and I, you know, I don't see anything changing for, for next week. Charlie Austin still hasn't got any minutes, uh, not included at all in, in the Everton game or yesterday. Does this mean, Kevin, that Charlie Austin's going to start and score against us? He's going to get a hat-trick, man. <laughs> Guarantee it. Um, Probably not. I mean, I don't know. Maybe, maybe he's going to 
put him on the bench or in the in the squad. Maybe he thinks there's some value in returning to his former club. He's got a point to prove or something. That worries me. Somehow really doubt doesn't. it. It worries me. Somehow <laughs> doubt it. One one thing I will say is that you, you underestimate them and they will score on you because they have done that. You know, even in that big loss against Everton, they still managed to score twice. Um, they scored three against Chelsea in 45 minutes. That's no mean feat. Um, it isn't. No, no and, and, you know, all oh, right, we certainly don't have the quality like Leicester to come back from 3-0 down. Um, so if they do, you know, it is important that we do start well against them and we don't let them score, but we, we also know they can let goals in. With that in mind, what do you reckon about this one then, Tim? we we got to win. Like, that's what separates being a good team... Uh, from a from a team a mid table team to a team that's gonna be able to reach and potentially get to Europe is to beat the games uh, beat the teams that we're supposed to play or that we're supposed to beat. So West Brom, if we don't go out there and win by two goals, you're you're right. It's a it's it's not a good thing. We want to be able to make sure that we can uh, we can we can do it, and we need to be able to play well too. We need to get that fitness up, and we need to show that we can get some a good rhythm going into the uh, after the international break and continue on. And it's a home as well. Does that have any impact? No, not really. I know we talked about our pr- previous poor f- uh, home form last year, but without fans, I think that takes away from the uh, that take that takes away from the avenue of what should be a home versus away. The biggest pressure uh, is, for players is to play in front of the fans that really care about, and you can see that or hear that throughout any lineage of soccer players talking. Uh, the best one I could think of is Sunderland Until I Die, where they're talking about how the, the scariest thing is not, perform, you know, it's not just performing, but performing to people that really, truly care about and putting their hard-earned resources into it. And so while th- there's that there's that separation, there's that barrier there, um, we just got to get out there and do it. There's no excuses in this. If they don't go out there and, you know, win, win, at a minimum, uh, not on top of that, build some rhythm. It's going to be a. I wouldn't be very happy. All right, I'm going to go another clean sheet for West Brom. <laughs> no, um, I'm going to go two 0 two 0 Saints. Two 0 Saints. Two 0 Saints. Three two. Wow. Three two Saints. Mm. I think there's going to be a few goals now. The goals don't stop coming. Uh, and Tim, what about you? What are you going for? Three one win. Okay. Um. Got a question uh, from Alex on our Discord that I thought we would include Tim in. Uh, he says, "Are we the new United of the bottom half with all the transfer rumours and no action?" Uh, no, I'm going to go with that. They are trying to be very appropriate with their finances and seeing the the money out versus the money in. I think it's only like a couple uh, million dollars that they're they spent more. So to me, I think that's what their that their play is. Um, I don't think that we are all talking no action. We'll never be on the level where we have uh, the Glazers have a a debt based takeover that 
uh, is ridiculous, is ridiculous within, its, within itself. And I'll recommend HITC7's, uh, their video just a couple of days ago on, uh, the amount of money or why it doesn't seem like they don't have money, uh, at Manchester United. We're nowhere near that level. Uh, I will never want to consider us a part of Manchester United. And I don't think that we are all talking no action because I think at every point in time, uh, you know, leading up to the transfer window, everyone's going to have some kind of talk of, uh, you know, t- some type of rumors that we're going to sign some people, unless you're Burnley, which then you're just, no, you're not going to get any players. But everybody else is definitely, there's, there's some sort of rumors that they may or may not get somebody in and half the people will and half the people won't. And unless you're Burnley, of course. <laughs> okay. Um, I'd just say wait until the transfer window closes and then we can talk. Yeah. Okay. That's fine. We've got a um, couple of weeks now. We do. Uh, and he's asked, is Gineppo a starter after that performance? I mean, we're, we're assuming probably that, that Redmond is not going to be fit again, as, as Tim had already alluded to. So, you know, if, he's, if it's not him, then who, I guess? That's a very good question. Yeah. Who's our second choice behind... Sorry, third choice behind Gineppo for that mm. position. Is Buffal going to come back into it, or has Buffal already got his heart set on the move out? Is the, is the, are the wheels in motion there? I mean, yeah, I, I think he's got to be a starter for lack of lack of lack of options, unless you want to play Smallbone out there. Yeesh. Yeah, which is probably what he's going to end up doing. Or Teller. Or Teller, yeah. He, he likes Teller, doesn't he? He's bringing him on he quite does. a lot. He's introducing him a lot this year. Um, Tim, thanks again for your shift, um, and we'll speak to you next week thank you very much it's been an absolute pleasure we've ground out a victory here hi I'm Matt Letizia and thank you for listening to In That Number welcome to the Extra Time segment uh, Kev uh, this week we put out a few Instagram posts um, and I was going to relay some of those results with you right now if you're interested I'm absolutely intrigued ok uh, so we did the Who Am I Oh, yeah. The picture. Did you see this? Mm-hmm. Did you know who it was? Was it Jack Hawk? It was Jack Hawk. It was Jack Hawk. Yes, well done. Mm-hmm. Um, lots of you getting it right. Uh, Mark Griffiths, actually, on our Discord, was the first one to do so. Uh, all the others with correct answers. Chris Shaw, Dean Kingswell, Krychek1885, Bridgman877, Rupert Gray, James Harwood, John Whittingham, Henry Grigg, Tony Adams... Uh, Dan Island, uh, Tyne JP, all guessing correctly. Um, yes, it was Jack Cork. Look out for next week's one. Next week's edition of Who Am I? Um, I also did a player steal. If you could pick any Burnley player to use in the current Saints setup, who are you taking and why? Kevin, you went with James Tarkovsky. Did. Okay, defend, defend yourself. Um, we need, we need a strong defender. I mean, he is their best defender, and defending is what Burnley do, so he can maybe teach everyone um, yeah, how to keep a good defensive line. I was, um, I was but, a little bit surprised, to be honest, because a lot of people said Tarkovsky, and yes, he is a great player, and he is the obvious, obvious choice, but in this current Saints setup, do we need him? We, we need a um, midfielder, right? I was, I was expecting everyone to say, yeah, we'll take a midfielder. We'll take Dyke McNeil, or any other midfielder for that matter. Yeah. Um, Westwood. Yeah, Westwood. Um, Alex Haas on our Discord also went for Tarkovsky. Um, he said he was a valuable passer, and he has him in his fantasy football team. So, all good reasons, yes. I, I agree. Um, majority of Instagram followers are going for Nick Pope. 
Saints News Now, I went for Nick Pope, uh, George Henson, Southampton FC fan page, to name a few. Um, Alex Olivia wants Dwight McNeil, as does Reggie Rodway. Tony Adams wants Jack Cork, a hard-working, honest, committed player. Not a long-term solution, but he would add some much-needed grit in the middle of the park in short term. Very good answer, Tony. See, this is exactly what I, what I meant. He's identified the problem area and he's addressed it. Yep. So, yeah. Fair play. Yeah. Uh, Krychek wants Pope, Tarkovsky and Cork. <laughs> so that, that would be <laughs> that would be nice. Um, okay, so we'll have four <laughs> Premier League goalkeepers. Yep. Um, <laughs> yeah, then, a player who I mean, left I, us I, five, I, six years ago. I did say this to Saints News Now. I said, look, you want Pope. Pope's definitely the you know the, the 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 quality player in there, but we've already got three goalkeepers. And he said, "Yeah, but you could just sell two of them, and then you would start Nick Pope, which is a very good point. You could, you you would do that. I mean, let's face it. If you had Nick Pope in this in this team, McCarthy would be your bench. So you're just going to sell on Angus Gunn? Yep, sell Angus Gunn and sell Fraser Forster. Well, that'd be a piece of piss, isn't it? I mean, you know, it's not like we've been trying to do that first three seasons. Well, his wages, his, his contract's going to run out one day, Kev, yeah. and then he won't be after paying him that, will you? So, yeah. Um, we actually had a response from a Burnley fan who, who said, sorry, but we're keeping them all. So, uh, yeah, I offered him a fair trade hoot for Tarkovsky, and he was having none of it. So, I don't understand why. What? Yeah, I don't know. They don't know what they're talking about, these Burnley fans, do they? <laughs> Idiot, yeah. Um, anyway, so we'll do that player steal again next week uh, for West Brom. That'll be interesting. I don't think I'll put Charlie Austin in that. Um, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> predictions then. <laughs> oh, Jesus Christ. Tim went nil-nil. I went 1-1. And you went 1-0 to Burnley. <laughs> to say that, that means that we'd guarantee uh, a Saints win. Yeah, and it, yeah I, like, I like how your mind works. But um, no points again. We, we fucking suck at this, Kev. Tim is hanging on to a slender lead of two points. Um I can't believe after four games we haven't scored a single point. <laughs> it's laughable. We've not even got one result right at all. We've gone the completely opposite way every single game. Totally Southampton it up. Yeah, we have. Um, Super Six. Uh, round three was won by Bradley Lloyd with 19 points. That was fantastic. 19! I'm going all high pitch because that was like 20, that? 25 is the max, isn't it? Wow. No, it's, no, it's 30. That's, that's great for my uh, my maths there, yeah. Six times five, 30. Um, yeah, but you got 19 of those. And I, I got four, so what a shocking day. That was poor. But 19 points, Bradley Lloyd, well done. That was really, really good. Um, overall lead is uh, Colin Carter has 33 points overall, so well done to him. If you're interested in what I'm on, I'm sat in 20th place on 14 points. Not great at all. But yeah, well done. Fantasy Premier League, Kevin. Before you go into it this week, I just want to say last week, I beat you by a fucking point. Ooh. Because obviously um, my Monday's game all added on and I was paying close attention to mine and yours because we had a lot of points that still had to add on and I got 71 in the end and you ended up with 70. So, fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> That's, that, those are both very good scores though, right? Yeah, <laughs> I know, but... Um, yeah, we just um, jumped up the table. Um, in compared to our podcasting comrades, you are above me by eleven points now. Mm-hmm. Uh, you're the fourth best Southampton FC podcaster, and I'm the fifth. I'll take that. Um, 
Yeah, Mikey of the Saints Prime podcast and his Lord of the Rings team is top of our league at the moment, but that's not properly updated. How many you got this week so far? 29. I'm on 42 but, this week so far. Okay, I mean, half my team hasn't played yet. I've got, um, all, I've got all Liverpool and City players to play still. I've got a couple of Spurs players that are playing at the moment. Um, oh, who you got? Uh, Matt Doherty and Hugo Lloris. Oh, okay, clean sheets for both of them. Okay, um, yeah, Mitrovic and um, Gabriel and Mane still yet to play as well, and William. Um, Arsenal aren't playing until tomorrow, so. Oh, I've got yeah. Callum, Callum Wilson, he's playing right now against Spurs, so unless he scores, then. Yeah, who's uh, yeah. so, who you, who your captain this week? Uh, Sadio Mane. He, he oh. came in good for me last week. Uh, at the moment, Jamie Thorpe has been temporarily, I believe, knocked off the top spot uh, <laughs> by Gordon Sloan's South Coast Swingers. And um, Dan Buck's absolutely fabregas and Adam Samuel's unreasonable FC uh, joint third on 176 points. There you are. Okay. Um, Russian phrase this week, Kevin. Yes. Um, so yeah, we took a trip up to Burnley to Turf Moor, and we won our first match there in 50 years. Right? No, it's not. <laughs> I'm just trolling you, but um, yeah, the Premier League curse has been lifted. So that is our Russian phrase of the week. The curse is lifted. Проклятие снято. Wow, okay, that's that, that second bit. Проклятие снято. Снято. That's good. That's very good. That's really tough. Проклятие снято. Проклятие снято. Снято. The curse is lifted. Okay. Since the days of Mick Shannon. Or really, or really Bradley Wright Phillips. (laughs) Yeah. It doesn't really fit in quite nicely. Um, no, they don't have to pad these stats to make him sound more unbelievable, but I'm not buying it. Who's that Colombian player who was on... I don't know. John Villafara? Yes, yeah, I've got mm. lots of blasts from the past. Um, anyway, uh, next week we will be announcing our ITN player and goal of the month for September, so look out for Kevin's poll. I beg your pardon. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Look out for Ke- <laughs> out for Kevin's polls. Yeah. <laughs> One day we'll grow up, Kevin. One day. Never. <laughs> yes. Anyway, look out for Kevin's polls uh, and get your votes in. We'll put we'll put it on Twitter. We'll put it on our Instagram page, no doubt as well. So yeah, get your vote. Get your votes in. Get get your yeah, votes get, in. Get your votes in. <laughs> We will be announcing the winners of that next week and we'll also talk about the West Brom game and preview the Chelsea one, which will be after the international break. Plus, I, I'm going to commit to a surprise song as well. Oh, really? Yeah, I'm going to try and churn out one a month. Oh, OK. What, what is it on? Do you want to do one as well? No. <laughs> but until then, up the Saints. At the Saints. You are the weakest link. Now fuck off. Sports Social Podcast Network. 
Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry. Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire. Huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over a hundred casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. Eighteen plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.